Hi, and welcome to the 40 and Infertile podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, at 40 and Infertile on Instagram. I'm a fellow IVF patient, and this is where I share with you my fertility journey in my late 30s and 40s, while also providing you information to minimize your fertility struggles later in life. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode four. I am so excited about this episode. And um, I'm super excited because I got to have Jen on from Cute for Fertility on Instagram. And she was here to share her story, her experience, um, what she's gone through, what has helped her, um, different tips um, for all of us. Um, but I want to start because I don't, we don't really touch on this, but um, we met on Instagram actually. And um, she DM'd me, um, I think after one of my posts, I think it was um, when I first started this podcast, I had, I think it was episode two where I just recorded kind of my stream of consciousness as I was going through um, post-retrieval um, stuff, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, and I just kind of, um, decided to record these really raw sessions, um, of everything that was going through my mind emotionally, um, and just mentally, mentally, my thought process of, you know, what I was thinking and how I was processing everything. So she messaged me after that and we just kind of started talking and sharing our stories and then we just really connected after that. So I'm so excited for her to be on here. Um, it is a longer episode. We set out to talk for like 30 minutes when I was getting ready to do this. And I said, hey, you know, we probably only need like 30 minutes. I just want to share your story. And then we actually went over an hour. So um, it is a longer episode than you're used to. And I was not kidding when I said I was excited. So I sound like I had about 14 Red Bulls like before this episode got started because I am just so amped because <laughs> I'm just so excited to be talking to someone about this who like gets it. So um, I'm sorry for that. It's definitely way more energy than you're used to on my other episodes. So uh, you may notice that. So I apologize. And the other thing that... Um, I'm not super excited about uh, that happened during this episode was my audio quality. Jen did wonderful. Like her setup was phenomenal. Um, mine a little less so. I wanted to try a new wireless mic that I got that I use um, for um, like a lot of my calls and stuff like that. And uh, during the calls, the audio seems uh, pretty good. So I thought, oh, well, let me try it for this. Um, a little less... <laughs> great than expected. Um, so I'm sorry for that. But fortunately, this episode is about Jen. And she does the majority of the talking. So um, hopefully it doesn't bother you um, too much. I also want to talk about a few things happening soon. Um, I've been trying to gather some guests for um, the podcast and it's taking a little bit longer than um, I want, but I'm I'm trying to get different guests. Um, so one uh, guest that I'm trying to get 
is a physician who works with weight loss and fertility. So I thought it'd be really interesting to have her on so that we could talk about different diets that exist, um, whether or not um, they are helpful for you during your fertility journey. Um, So I think that's super important to talk about because for some of us, it might make a really big difference. The other thing I thought was really important to address was therapy and fertility. So I'm talking to a couple of therapists. One is a psychiatrist and the other is a psychologist, I believe. So we're talking right now and I'm hoping to have them on soon as well so we can kind of talk about the impact of the experience of infertility um, has on us emotionally and then ways we can cope. I think that's important. And I also wanted to talk about a few different things associated with fertility um, that we may struggle with as we're going through this process. So some of us uh, will be successful with IVF uh, with our own eggs and some of us won't be. Um, I may be one of them. I don't know. I'm going through the process now, but I'm also in my mind thinking of um, these different experiences and how I might process them. And, you know, if I'm struggling with it, I know someone else out there must be as well. So I wanted to have that conversation with um, some qualified people. Um, And then the other thing that I'm super excited about too is I was able to find um, someone who conceived, I want to say it was about 14 or so years ago. I think she said her son's 14 now. And um, she conceived using a donor egg. Um, And so I really wanted to talk to her about her experience, where she is now, how she feels now, how she felt then. Um, And that might be helpful for some of us who are teetering on deciding whether or not we want to use um, donor eggs or some of us who, you know, want to choose adoption um, or, you know, decide that we want to be childless as well. So all these options are out there. Um, So I am hoping to um, get these guests on and lined up. Um, And I also want to share more of your stories. So if we have connected online, um, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear more about your story and I'd love to share it. I think we benefit from hearing about each other's stories. And, um, you know, we get this blip online. We're limited to the amount of time that we have to talk about them, but we can dig a little deeper. Um, So, you know, I do want to share your story. So um, if you and I have connected online, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, So please, please, please um, reach out to me. And um, I've already talked way longer than I should. (laughs) So I don't want to prolong it. I want to get to the good stuff. Jen is amazing. She's the sweetest person on the face of the planet. Um, And I am so grateful and so honored that she allowed me to share her story and her journey. So um, let's do this. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on here with me. Oh my gosh. Excited. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. <laughs> I know. I'm super excited because I feel like whenever we're like out, you know, on our like little Instagram world or wherever we find our tribes, I feel like we don't like we 
hear stories, but we hear them in written form. And I feel like it's really awesome to just like talk to people and hear their stories, quote unquote, live. So I, I, I think this is awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. No, thank you so much. I completely agree, which is why, you know, I'm super excited to do this. So, yeah. Okay. So let's start with the stuff that like people usually want to know about. So like a couple of things I know whenever I am looking through like other people who are on this journey, I always want to say like, I always want to know if you're like, if you're like me, you know, like what, how old are you and what are your numbers? And like, do we have the same numbers? What should I try? What have you done? What have I done? So I'm just curious if you know them and if you don't, totally fine not all of all of us like know all our numbers or whatever so if you know like if you could tell us like your age like um some of your lab values and kind of like what um different treatment options you've tried so if you know those if you don't mind sharing them sure yeah so i am 41 and a half years old and uh my amh the last it was tested was around 2.55 so it's actually I know pretty high for someone who's 41 and a half. Um, But uh, I have had two rounds of IVF and based on those results, it did show that I have really poor egg quality. Um, Yeah. In terms of my FSH, I do not actually know what my last FSH was, Um, but uh, my antral fault, Antral follicle count, it does uh, kind of shift between, I know today I went and I was actually at a 10. Um, My two previous rounds, they had retrieved 17. Um, Usually at my baselines, it is quite a bit lower. Um, To be honest, last week when I went, the count was 14. And uh, a couple weeks before when I had done my second, when I completed my second round of PRP, it was actually at 16. So um, I guess it really, I know it's a manual count, so it does kind of vary there, but uh, I've, I've, I've kind of been within this wide range on my AFC. And then like, um, just like your story, your journey, where you started, how long ago, like how many fertility doctors you've seen, that sort of thing, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So um, first I just uh, wanted to mention, because this is part of my story, which is um, I've always been someone that's been really career oriented. And I think I uh, I prioritized my career over um, finding love even. Uh, I was, um, previously engaged in my early thirties and, you know, that didn't end up working out. And so life just kind of always throws something new at you. And, um, and yeah, so by the time we broke up, I was in my mid, mid thirties And um, I actually do remember talking with my OBGYN um, because I'm a single in my mid-30s. And I asked about freezing my eggs. Um, And she said to me, and I remember this as if it was yesterday, fresh eggs are always better than frozen. And 
I kind of, at the time, I think I just listened to everything she said. Um, I didn't question it. It seemed odd, uh, but I just kind of said, okay, well, if that's the case, you know, it'll happen when I find love and because fresh eggs are always, but regardless of, you know, and I just... Yeah, so I do remember that moment, and it kind of replays in my mind. Uh, and uh, after that, I met, I did meet my my now husband. Um, we married when I was 39, so um, a little bit later in life. And uh, six months after we got married, the pandemic hit. So um, we... I remember going to the same OBGYN and, you know, had a talk with her about, you know, we were trying naturally and it just wasn't happening. And she told me that, uh, oh, like, no worries. You know, we'll just run a blood test. We'll, we'll, uh, maybe we'll try IUI. Uh, so she ran a blood test for me. And I think back then, uh, she had seen that my AMH was high, so she was like, oh, you'll have no issues, no problems getting pregnant. Um, and uh, and so that actually <laughs> made me pause a bit because she – she told me she she told me I was I was you know a spring chicken, and that oh with that AMH I'm fine, and so I I didn't feel rushed um, again, and with the pandemic, my husband and I were both working from home and we were just not leaving the house, and I know some clinics weren't open. And so it was pretty much a year that I didn't do anything. We were just trying naturally and just staying safe in our homes still wasn't happening. Um, and so that is when uh, I'm still saying the same OBGYN at this point. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I just, I went back to her and I just said, you know what? It's not happening. And she said, okay, let's go get an HSG. So that's when I went to go get an HSG done. And it did show that, uh, it did show that my tubes, both tubes were blocked mm -hmm. and that I had fibroids pushing into my uterine cavity. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is when she said, okay, you need to go see a specialist. Mm -hmm. So that was total time of how long? Um, Oh, I'm sorry. In terms of how long it's yeah, between you were first trying until you got to a fertility specialist. Um, I guess that would be about, let's see, maybe like close to two years. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. close to two years, not quite, but close. Um, and so I didn't start seeing a fertility specialist until earlier this year. Or sorry, we're in 2022, early, early 2021, um, around April. And, uh, yeah, I had, I, I guess I, you know, with blocked fallopian tubes and this fibroid, um, I was given two options. One was to, one was IVF 
and the other was potentially um, surgery. Uh, but I was told that surgery is actually less common now because of IVF. And mm-hmm. I think because of my age, uh, my my RE just thought, okay, let's, um, he recommended IVF. Because uh, at the time I was, yeah, just about turning 41. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, when I spoke with him, um, he did tell me, he gave me some numbers <laughs> about uh, kind of what the chances were after the age of 40. Um, and it was, it was pretty significant drop, um, between 40 and 45. I was thinking to myself at the time, I'm like, wait, is this, are we talking exponential here or is it a linear curve? I mean, like how far is this drop? Cause it's Um, like less than 1% after like 45 or something, isn't it? Something like that. I can't remember. Isn't it like less than 1% after 45? It was something like that. Yes. And it just, I think I was, um, I just kind of heard this clock just ticking, you know, and, uh, and I just, yeah, I decided on IVF and, and he did mention to me, his numbers were, um, if I had, let's see, if I had, uh, he recommended, he asked me how many kids I would like to have. And at the time, you know, I'm really new to this. I'm thinking, oh, it would be so great to have two. Um, and he said, uh, okay, well with two kids, it would be great to have three PGTA tested embryos. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said that the percentage of implantation was like 65 or not implantation. I'm sorry. Percentage of getting it to live birth would be 65 to 70%. So he recommended having three PGT embryos, PGTA tested embryos banked. Um, and he also mentioned because of my fibroids, they were in a position where I would have to get them removed in order prior to transfer. And so due to my age and the risks of surgery, he recommended that I try to, uh, that I, he recommended that I try to bank as many as I can, these three before uh, I try mm-hmm. to transfer. With that, he also mentioned that there is, you know, potentially an eight to twelve week recovery mm-hmm. uh, after fibroid surgery, to, and we'll need to see if there's any scar tissue. And so I'm calculating in this. I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm like, you know, I think going into it, I was like, oh, you know, my. My OBGYN originally made it seem like, okay, like we'll do IVF and you'll just, you know, it'll be simple and, and all of that. And then, you know, knowing what I know now and, uh, the multiple rounds I've gone through, it is not quite that easy. And, um, and every single step is kind of like, I had the same thought too. Like I was thinking, I thought I was like, cool, just IVF. And then we're like we're good, right? You can just like, just do one round and it'll probably be fine. And then we'll be good to go. And then we'll just keep moving. Right. And I'm like, I'm heading into round four, you know? And so I'm like, yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, uh, yeah, went into it. I was, I was excited. I, I, going into each round, I, I felt so different because, you know, with the first round, there was so much with the first round, there was just so much unknown and, 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 I was just, I, my, I, my hopes were really high, (laughs) like, um, but that round, uh, we did retrieve 17, which is an incredible number. Um, our fertilization rate was also pretty high, but, uh, two made it to blastocyst and one came back PGTA normal of the two that were sent off. Uh, so I immediately decided to go for a second round, um, at, at the clinic I go to, they recommend skipping a month before trying again. So I tried that my first round was in August. I tried again in October. Um, and October also this time I, it was, I, I, I made some adjustments, to my diet. I started going to acupuncture, which I did not do the first time. Um, there was also something else that was introduced this round, which was a co-culture, um, which at the time of retrieval, um, a part of, and I, I apologize if the science of what I'm saying isn't correct, but um, a part of, I think, my uterine lining um is biopsied and actually the fertilized um, embryo is grown with it. So I think it kind of gives, it's, it's trying to mimic, I think, you know, being implanted inside me. Um, and so I did make a, a few adjustments there. It was pretty incredible because I also had 17 eggs retrieved, uh, a couple more fertilized, but, uh, or a couple, actually the same amount fertilized, a couple more were mature, but this time I had eight blastocysts, uh, that were sent off for PGTA testing. But again, only one of the eight came back normal. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting because there was a shift in the amount of blastocysts and the grading the morphology of those blastocysts were really good. Um, but in the end, one came back. Uh, so again, you know, I think just trying to take control of what I can and cause I don't know what else I'm, I'm kind of that type of person where I just can't sit back and wait, um, at this point. And so, yeah. Uh, so for my third round, which I am about to start here, um, for the prep for it, I did do, I have had two rounds of PRP, which is honestly, I'm super excited about. Um, and I think going into this round, I actually have that kind of as it's, 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 um, it's motivating me, uh, a bit because, I honestly don't know how PRP is going to affect each individual person. I'm sure it affects people differently, but, you know, I know I've talked to uh, a few of the warriors, including you, about like, you know, we just don't have time for that research to come back because it's still fairly experimental and... But I, I was like, you know what? I want to be part of the data, whether it works or not. 
um, I want to be part of, I want to be able to give some information, regardless of what it is, to help someone um, of whether this is something that could possibly change someone's life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, that alone has given me, I think, just a lot of that alone has just given me so much energy, I think, um, just in terms of how PRP could potentially help others. Um, but again, I don't, it could affect people differently. And I just want to be, I just want to provide the data for that kind of experimental procedure. So Um, how did you find out about the PRP? So how did you end up like thinking like, Oh, I want to try this next. Yes. Uh, so, um, we, I actually, so the first time I had ever heard of PRP was actually from my acupuncturist, um, back, you know, in September, she had mentioned it to me, uh, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. I, I, I wasn't really sure. I was a little skeptical. I had called the office. Um, there is an office that does do it just a couple miles from me, um, that does the, the procedure. And I, you know, I was like, oh, it's surgical. Like I, you know, it's like, oh, it's like a surgical kind of egg retrieval. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't really, cause I didn't really know anything about it. Um, so I paused a bit. It was actually quite expensive as well. So it was something that I just paused on a bit. But then uh, I actually went onto Instagram and I had seen that you and uh, uh, Annie at Lucky Baby Baby Land, Uh both of you actually had done yours on the same day. And it was that it was that post that you guys had done. Um, that changed it for me. Um, and I, I honestly thought I was like, okay, if Victoria and Annie can do it, I was like, this is something I'm going to look into. So, so yeah, it was actually the two of you that actually drove me to, to do this, which is, I am so grateful for. Um, I can't explain to you how grateful. I don't even know <laughs> the results of it, but um, but uh, but I'm just so grateful because if there's any way that I could, yeah, help. Obviously, if it, if it does help me, great. But if I could provide the data for others out there, that would be incredible. So, yeah, but it's the two of you inspired oh me gosh. to do it. We'll have to tell Annie. We'll have to shout out to yeah. Annie. We'll have to like let her know yes, yeah. that like yes. we talked about it. The two of you guys. Yeah. But yeah, yes. like I thought it I thought Absolutely. it's interesting that your acupuncturist was the one who told you about it. Because I, I found out about it from my fertility doctor and yeah. she had mentioned it like the first time I met with her. She was like, well, these are things we're thinking about. And at the time, I had only done one retrieval. And one retrieval, I um, had two, I think, two PGT uh, tested 
uh, embryos and both were abnormal with like multiple abnormalities. And so I told her about that and I sent her all the stuff and she had mentioned it like out of the gate. She was like, hey, you should consider doing PRP. And, I was, and at the time I had come from a different clinic that didn't talk about that. Like they didn't really talk about supplements. They're like, you can try acupuncture, but it doesn't really work, you know? So they were like kind of negative about some of these things. Yeah. And so yes. I was like, well, yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, it's so expensive. And at the time there wasn't someone local. I say like, quote unquote, local because like, like, you know, I'm going to Nevada. Yeah. I'm in California and I'm going to Nevada to have mine done. But originally, mm-hmm. she's like, well, you can go to New York. And I was like, I can't go to New York. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, maybe. But, yeah. like, you'd have to pay. Like, it'd have to be, I'd have to go. I'd have to have somebody go with me. Like, if my husband couldn't go, then, like, a friend or whatever go with me, right? And then you have to pay for a hotel there. And then, yes, and, like, you have to decide if you want to, like, stay the night or just fly back afterwards. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. So then we looked into Nevada and Arizona. Uh So there was a a clinic in Arizona that was doing it too. And then she was like, would you be willing to fly to Arizona? I was like, well, an Arizona flight is like an hour and a half or whatever for where I am in California, I think. And I'm like, I think I can make that work. I could probably fly like super early the day of or, you know, if. I needed to, I could have a friend come with me like the night before or whatever. So like, you know, nobody has to miss work or whatever, except for me. And then I could just like come back or whatever. But I ended up just uh, this opportunity to do it with Dr. Falk in Nevada mm-hmm. came up and I was like, uh, that I think works a lot better. So yes. I, I was like, you know what? Like at this point, I mean, can I get worse than zero normal embryos? <laughs> so, like, okay, then let's just try it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm game. Let's do it. If I get, like, one out of this, then that will be amazing. And if I don't, then, I mean, I'm no worse off than I was before I started. Yeah. So that was kind of my thought, you know. Um, I, I mean, you're definitely way more altruistic than I am. You're like, I want to give more data to everybody. I'm like, mm, I'm just altruistic. Like, I just want to know if it'll help me. I was like, you're a way better no. person than I am. I think we're finding out that you're just a way better Not human than I am. All. Not at all. So, so, like, I was just like, well, I don't know. Let's try it. I want to know if it'll help me. I do. You're so funny. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. You are hilarious. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, I also traveled. So because of the two of you, I also traveled to Nevada to see Dr. Folk, but I went to his Las Vegas, um, clinic and I know, yeah, you guys had gone to the one in up North, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but, um, oh my gosh, you're so hilarious though. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, and he is so yeah. Like just a little shout out to his yes, office. Like yes. he's super nice. Oh my gosh, so so kind. He's like the nicest guy. Absolutely. So he is so kind. I am such a big fan. Um, to be honest, when I first went in for my first round of PRP, I was nervous. <laughs> I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and. 
But when it came time to uh, go for my second round, it was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I was just like, I'm ready. I am like, I'm ready to go. I've done this before. It was much easier than a retrieval. Um, so I was just like, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's do this. So he was so incredible. Um, you know, we were joking around a bit because I, uh, you know, he had seen me the second time and he was like, do your eggs feel any younger? And I'm like, yeah, you know, they, they feel they feel 34, but let the, let's get them feeling 28. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that totally. would be awesome. Um, right? So he was so incredible. And yeah, it's just a really incredible team that he works with. So yeah, I, I uh, highly recommend it. I did want to mention just really quick, because this was also part of our journey, and I'm so sorry I'm jumping back and forth, but my husband was diagnosed with covid uh, in December and we were planning on a January, um, we were planning on a January, uh, round. Um, I had already taken a break over the holidays. Um, so I, January was the month. And when he got, when he tested positive, that kind of affected things he did. Um, he was vaccinated. Um, but, I wouldn't necessarily say it was like super mild. He wasn't hospitalized, but his temperature was fairly high. And we did get him tested six weeks after he tested positive. We we had another sperm analysis and um, it dropped to uh, low motility um, and... Uh, abnormal morphology. I mean, it was, it went from normal before COVID to really, really abnormal six weeks after he tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I did just want to mention, cause a week, you know, my RA was just like, let's, let's get him, let's get him tested again. Um, let's wait a week, get him tested again. He cut out caffeine completely. And uh, he also used Per the advice, also Annie, um, he also used Seluma, um, red light therapy, um, and his numbers came back a week later higher than they were before COVID. His oh. his test for COVID. So, so, um, yeah. So I that also I was able to fit that extra round of PRP in that second round in. So it was like, you know, I was really disappointed, really disappointed that I had to wait. Um, I had to postpone again, but I just needed a moment to be able to take something, do something that I actually have control over, which was another round of PRP. So wanted to mention that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about that a little bit too, because you were saying like, it's hard to wait. I mean, I think part of the whole IVF process, like there's a lot of hard and difficult things. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what do you think has been the most difficult or like what has been the hardest thing for you? I would say, um, I would say the fact that there is no guarantee. Um, 
to be honest, going into it, I did not necessarily think that. I thought, okay, I'm about to throw down a lot of money (laughs) and it's just going to work. And that's not what it is. And you try so hard and it it will not guarantee um, anything. Uh, So that is, I think that was... That was kind of uh, difficult for me. I think also all the waiting. Um, you're kind of unable to plan anything because you have no idea. <laughs> like, okay, you have one round of IVF. Is Are there going to be any viable eggs um, from that round? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like... You really can't plan because everything is based off of that moment is what I feel. Yeah. Um, that's kind of been my mm-hmm. experience. So I want to say, oh, my gosh, I'm about to have my third round. It would be great if it was my last, but it may not be. And um, I'm already thinking, OK, if I don't if it doesn't work for me this round, it's kind of like. I've never quite had to guard and protect my heart the way I have in this process for my own sanity, I think. Um, And I'm already thinking ahead because I'm already kind of have worst case scenario in my mind and planning for it. So like, okay, right now, if it doesn't work, if I don't have any viable embryos, um, my next round will be in April. Mm -hmm. And I'm already thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And... um. It's hard because also with the pandemic, you know, um, we've been pretty quarantined, even though my husband had (laughs) contracted it. Um, And I don't, that's another thing is like in this, I, I, I take fewer risks in, in seeing friends and like doing anything social because I don't want anything to potentially cancel a cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just the waiting's hard and the fact that there is no guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think the waiting, like the waiting and uncertainty and I think the loss of control, even though we try and find our ways to get control, like you were talking about, like, oh, okay, maybe if I try PRP or maybe if I add the supplement or if I go to acupuncture, like I think a lot of us feel that same way. And mm-hmm. I think also because you can't see it. Yeah. Like, I I can't see my, like, follicles. I can't, like, I have to wait until I go in and get mm-hmm. scanned. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I know. But you're just, like, always wondering, you know? And you can't Absolutely. see it. It's not like if, you know, you have, like, a broken arm or something like that. And you're like, oh, the swelling has gone down. Or, like you know, the bruising is better or whatever. We're yeah. like, Oh, it's getting better. We have like no way to quantify like with our own eyeballs, mm-hmm. how we're doing. So it's like, you're like, like everything you throw everything in just to try and see like if it's going to help. And I feel like that's hard. I, I think you're totally right. And then I agree. I think the other part that's super hard is like all the waiting, but it's not just like waiting for like 
you know, the retrieval. It's like, okay, you get the retrieval, and then you're, like, waiting to see how many are mature and how many fertilized. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you're, like, waiting to see, okay, how many blastocysts. Like, okay, good. And then you're waiting for the PGT testing, right, to come back and be like, how many of them are normal? And then that's, like, not it. Like, so then after that... You're like, if you transfer, and I've, I haven't made it to a transfer yet, so I don't know, but I also have adenomyosis, so I know implantation is going to be a problem for me too. And mm-hmm. so once you transfer, then you're like, is it going to implant? Is it not? Yeah. What happens? And then I do the same thing where I'm like, okay, if PRP isn't helping or isn't going to help, what do I do next? And I, I literally mm-hmm. emailed this to my fertility doctor the other day because we're going to I'm going to get scanned again in like a week and a half or something like that Mm. and so we're just going to check and see I'm like okay what if and I'm already going there I'm like you right I'm already going there where I'm like okay if this doesn't work do I have another one in me should I Mm. then look at donor eggs like what's Mm. what's the next big thing I should plan for because like you I'm like trying to guard myself right like if this fails I don't want to be like completely I don't know what the word is like like devastated like I don't want to be like at this point where I'm like oh my gosh like what do I do now and just be like uh it's all over like I feel like I have to have the next thing ready so I can just keep going so I don't feel like like completely like like a lack of a better word failure because that's what I feel like sometimes it's like I not that it's right we're not failures but you feel that way yeah you know absolutely I feel I just yeah I feel exactly that (laughs) I have to say like I just I need I need the plan I need to have a plan um and You know, I think after my first, during my first round, because I was so, like, I was like, oh, seven, you know, 17 eggs retrieved. Oh, it's going to be, yeah, there's going to be plenty that are, you know, that is, there was a reality check. Um, And I feel like there's always a surprise, something unexpected that just pops in. Um. And so it's like, okay, I need to have this plan set, but you find out, oh, your husband has COVID and you'll have to, or like you get COVID and, you know, and it's, and you'll have to cancel things that just, it's so scary. Just so many unexpected things. It's yeah. The process is just, um, really, really tough. I know. And. So the the other thing that I think I talk to some people out about, and that probably happens to you too, like people probably DM you and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, this last round really took a lot out of me. And I always ask people if they have a therapist or if they see a therapist for, to help them cope with how these, um, how this whole process is going. Do you have a therapist? Do you see a therapist? It's funny. So I have a, um, I've had a therapist (laughs) with just prior to all of this, um, but not specifically for this. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I find (laughs) I am totally open 
to seeing a therapist about this. I think if I were to choose one, I would probably choose one that has had some experience or can better understand um, and can relate maybe um, in some way, shape or form. It doesn't have to be, you know, but just really, really understand all that comes with infertility. Um, and so I have, I, I, I don't have a therapist that is like, that has, my therapist is not, um, I think, versed in like the infertility aspect of it, but but it's interesting because I do uh, find every, the, those that have, you know, on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, kind of whether even the, even some that I have not DM'd yet <laughs> or have not DM'd me um, just in their stories. Um, but there is something raw and real about talking to someone uh, that has gone through what you're going through. I actually remember, uh, as if it was yesterday, I remember finding your profile online um, and listening to a podcast and just being able to relate. It was just so raw and real. And, and I remember, uh, at the time, actually, I had not created, um, I had not created this other account. It was still my personal profile. I reached out to you and, um, you know, it was just kind of like, I felt like a little school kid, like, oh my gosh, I think you're so cool. Um, will you be my friend kind of thing? (laughs) But, uh, uh, that I do remember that, um, just reading your story and how inspiring you were and how, how much you wanted, you know, you were sharing so much and just, you know, uh, kind of also helping those that are younger, that are like, you know, in their twenties and, and are able to make different choices, you know? Um, and so I was just so inspired by you, but secretly you were, you were kind of a bit of that for me. As well as definitely um, a few others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I feel like, I, like, I, I don't know if it's that, like, it, well, I guess that's the altruistic side. So maybe I'm not a total jerk. But like, I, I feel like, I feel like for these younger women who maybe heard the same thing that we did from our OBGYNs, right? Yeah. Who were like, oh, no, you're fine. You're young enough. Don't mm. worry about it. Because that happened to me, too. I was like 30, uh, mid-30s, so 35, 36, somewhere in there. And I was like, mm, I kind of just wanted to know because I had just had a miscarriage at that point. Mm. And they're like, wait three months before trying. And so I was like, okay. And then I was still, I don't know how I felt about it at that point, but I was like, well, you know, if if there is an issue and I need to do it now, then I probably should and I would. But, like, is there a way to find this out? And I had, you know, Googled and, you know, done that thing. And I was like, oh, there's this AMH thing. Like, let me check it out. And so I emailed my GYN and I was like, hey, I read about this AMH thing and seeing as how I'm like 36, 
maybe this is something I should look into just to see where I am, like as far as my fertility goes, right? And so she, kind of like yours, was like, nah, you're only like 36. You're fine. Or 35 mm-hmm. or whatever I was at that time. You're fine. It's okay. I was 37 when I had my first kid and I had two kids. So you have plenty of time. Don't worry about it. We don't check on it until it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I remember also when I was like 25 and I did the same thing. I was like, hey, like, because when I was a teenager, I had... It wasn't a heavy period, but I had my period for six months straight. It was really not fun. Like, wow. I was 17, yeah. and my period for six months straight, and I was like, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. And then, so they just put me on, like, they just automatically put me on birth control after that. Like, I, and mm-hmm. that was it. And I was on birth control for, like, I don't know, 15 years or something like wow. that. And then when I came off of it, like, is when I was like, oh, well, I think my cycles are kind of normal. At first, they were kind of weird. And then they leveled out. And then I, the, my first pregnancy was kind of like, I conceived naturally, but um, I uh, lost the pregnancy at around, they dated it at around seven weeks, but I didn't find out until 11 weeks. Wow. Um, but I was like, you know, and so after that, I was like, well, maybe I should, I'm like 36. Maybe there's something going on that I should know about or whatever. And she's like, nah, it's fine. And like, I want to help those women who hear, nah, it's fine. If they're not getting the answers they want where they are, then like there are other resources out there, other people that can help them get the answers that they want. And the crazy thing is, and it might be different when you're 20 or 30 something, but the testing like for an AMH or even some of these like other uh, lab tests that you can do, it's not crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Like to find out your fertility for, Absolutely. you know, like your yeah. 30s, I feel like it's a small price to pay. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's like, I yeah. think, I think it's like a hundred dollars or maybe a little over a hundred dollars. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. we spent like $1,500 on an iPhone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like we spent $1,500 on the iPhone, five or $600 on an Apple watch or whatever it is. I don't even know how much they are. And I'm like, we could, I mean, you can, if it's important to you, right? Spend the hundred dollars to find out where your fertility is, if it's important to you. And I'm not saying it has to be for everyone. I'm just saying for those who are like, oh, at some point in time, I want a family. But like you and I, who were very career minded and career focused, Mm -hmm. like had I known just like you, had I known what I knew, like in um, whatever, when I was like in my mid 30s, I probably would have been like, okay, maybe we should freeze eggs now or something. And then when we decide, you know, in our early 40s or whatever, or late 30s, that it was time then at least we had like 35 year old eggs to work with Mm -hmm. as opposed to 41 year old eggs, which are totally different eggs than 35 year old eggs. Very. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I, uh, I know it's like, I would say exactly the same thing. Just like advocate for yourself. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because my, my husband actually has noticed a, sh- a change in me and where I, I, I do advocate for myself quite a bit now. Um, and I feel stronger you know, through this process um, because of it. Uh, 
yeah, I, you know, for, for the younger folks, I, it's, I completely understand because, you know, you're, you're in your twenties and then the cost of freezing your eggs, I know can be very expensive. And so I think I'm hoping, you know, with some help financially, (laughs) um, someday, like broader, um, that that could also help with resources for that. Um, but I just, I think, I think the thing is, is that I, I never wanted wanting in when I was in my twenties, I never wanted, you know, just kind of wanting a child to drive everything, you know, in my life. And this, had I have frozen, had I have had uh, freezed my eggs, I think I would have, it would have been different. And the thing with, you know, like I mentioned, I was engaged in my early thirties. You also never know what's going to happen. You know, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with this man in my early thirties. And maybe if we had stuck you know, um, but he wasn't the right one for me. And I did not want to stick with him because of this, like, timing yeah. of having a child. So I did what was right for me, which was, you know, this relation was to leave this relationship. Um, but yeah, I definitely advocate, definitely, definitely advocate for yourself. Everyone, please. So having, Uh, so like knowing like this piece, um, and since we're kind of like moving in that direction anyway, what tips do you have for people who are going through IVF now? Like what are some things do you feel like changed the experience for you or made it better from, you know, your first one? I think all of us, our first one, we have no idea what's going on. I mean, hopefully people don't have to do more than one. But for those of us who do more than one, the first one is like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So maybe what are some things you feel like, you know, advice or wisdom you can part on, you know, first timers or people just starting the process? Um, what are things that really helped you that you wish you had known maybe your first cycle? Um, I would say... Um... I think, you know, what's interesting is so much of, uh, so much of what I have kind of adjusted and modified over the past six months, um, has been through this community. Um, uh, and so I think, I think utilizing, utilizing this community as, as an additional resource, because through that, um, with, you know, uh, you and Annie and a few others, uh, you know, for example, the PRP, um, the cellula near infrared light therapy there, you know, I've learned some things that could help with egg quality. And I'm kind of at the point (laughs) where I just, you know, there are things that help and I'm hoping that with all the different modifications I'm making um, uh, with diet and supplements and and everything that it will make a bit of a difference. Um, definitely advocate 
I, I, I feel like a broken record, but I would say advocate for yourself. Um, if you feel like something's wrong or you're questioning something, ask questions and do what you feel your body knows, like, you know, like, you know, um, dig into it deeper would be my advice there. Um, Mm -hmm. also it's so nice to have hope Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, we, I, I still have, I still have a ton of hope, but I think for me, um, just Mm -hmm. being open and, and realistic about how difficult it could be. And there's, we're just at kind of the beginning of the journey and there's so many steps to go. So like give yourself grace, (laughs) but I think there's also like a realism to it that, uh, Mm -hmm. that I try to bring to in sharing the story that, you know, it's, it isn't this, it isn't, it, it, you know, already going through infertility is really hard, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that everybody's so different and, um, what works for some may not work for others. And, and, uh, but yeah, for sure. Like, I think another important thing about this whole process too, um, is I think not comparing yourself to other people. Like, like you said, it's a spectrum and, people's experiences are different and I think sometimes it's super easy to be like you know even though we put all our stats out there I think it's just for us to kind of relate to other people Mm -hmm. but then at the same point in time I think it's super easy to get caught up in someone else's numbers you know like oh my gosh you had 17 eggs retrieved and I only had three does that mean there's something more wrong with me than there Mm -hmm. is with her and I think that's another important thing to do and that's kind of why I want to share mm-hmm. a bunch of different stories is to be like look this is the spectrum like we mm-hmm. you can you can be 33 and have mm-hmm. you know two eggs retrieved and that doesn't make you less of a person than someone who is 42 who had 20 eggs retrieved you know what I mean mm-hmm. like ultimately we all are experiencing our own struggle and not one person is better or worse than another because of these metrics. Yeah. Like numbers, ultimately all of us just want one thing out of all of this, you know, and that's the goal is that one thing, but it's, hard in on this like social media world you know where you see like maybe someone who just has like all this success right like oh my yeah. god they got pregnant after their first retrieval and or like they got all these embryos and they get to freeze them all mm-hmm. and their transfer went great or whatever and I'm here on my mm-hmm. fifth transfer and I can't I can't seem to get pregnant what is wrong with me I feel like we should be careful not to like let ourselves get into that space it's like you said give yourself some grace like it it is not an indicator of how good or how bad of a person you are it does not mean like minimize the shame because I don't think that we should feel 
shame for, you know, this. And if we chose our careers, you know, before having kids, that's okay too, you know. Mm. It would have been nice if someone talked to us about, like, some of these options younger. (laughs) But okay, whatever. I can't change that now, you know. But we can help the future understand these options that are out there. But we are not we are not less than we did not do anything wrong and we shouldn't feel guilty about it. That's not to say I don't feel guilty. I a hundred percent feel guilty. I a hundred percent feel like, Oh my gosh, this was preventable. And I, I could have, if I had done something earlier, if I had not put my career first, then maybe I would have been in a better space or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's important, too, is not to beat yourself up too much and blame yourself for all this. This is hard enough. I think we have it hard enough. I don't think we need to, like, torture ourselves even more. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. And I know it's mentioned a lot on um, social media, which on our accounts, which is just, you know, there are times when some things can be triggering and you just have to do whatever it is that will make, you know, things better for you. Like look out for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. if that means you need to mute someone or, you know, particular thing is, is triggering for sure. Um, this entire community, I think is just really understanding of that. Um, and so, and so, yeah, you got to look out for number one, um, at times, but I think, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with everything that you just said, because <laughs> I think the comparison, I mean, it's very difficult to find, it would be, I, I don't, to find someone that has the same exact story. I can say I haven't found that person and I don't, you know. I don't know if that person exists to have the same exact story Mm -hmm. that I have. Um, But I think we're all, I think, I think we all, uh, I think we all just, like you said, just really want this, this thing. And I, I did mention earlier on, uh, very early on that, you know, I, 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 I think back and, you know, I had mentioned when the doctor, when our RE had asked how many kids and at the time I'm like, oh, two, you know, I'd be so grateful for one, um, regardless of the path of how I get mm-hmm. to that baby. Um, and time will only tell, uh, but, but it's, it's like, I think it's still okay to want you know, to want more than one, because that I would still love to have. But it's interesting just going through the path, now, like just all the rounds, and and um, and now I'm just like, wow, I, I, I would be happy. I would be very, very, very happy with one. Um, and the other thing I think about is just there are so many ways to uh, be a mom, a mother that mm-hmm. this going through what we've gone through has kind of opened my eyes to mm-hmm. other options because you know me, I'm like, yep. I need a plan step by step. So yeah, if, if, if this, if, if one thing doesn't work, I, there are other options and, um, 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I've been educating yeah. myself on that as well. Well, so <laughs> I know we talked about like all the horrible things about this process, and I don't want it to be like all about like negativity. So tell me what positive stuff has come out of this experience for you? I I can say I am I am a different person for the better. Like I my husband sees it um because I feel strength because I find that I fight for myself now. And I have the strength. I didn't think I'd be able to, you know, make it through that first round of IVF. And now I'm on my third and, and, um, and, uh, I've built the strength. Um, and so I just, I feel like Mm -hmm. a stronger person. I, I can see it. I, I think, you know, my friends have noticed like that I'm just, I'm different in a really good way. And I think it's because because mm-hmm. I am advocating for myself mm-hmm. and it isn't just stuff fertility wise. <laughs> you know, it's all stuff mm-hmm. life where um, I'm just keeping it really real. It's not about pleasing other people all the time. Um, and and yeah, I just if I have a question, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the research and find the answers and I'm going to you know reach out to other people yeah. and I'm going to versus just um take what one person says to heart. Um, and that's actually because that that's just a trait that's, that's helped me. Um, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. through this process, but it's just, it really, it expanded to every aspect, um, of my life. So I'm coming out feeling strong. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'd say I I can't explain no, it. I but think I, that's great. Yeah. Like, no, it sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like maybe you feel like you have like a stronger voice now, like that you're able to like just speak up for yourself. So feeling like you can put weight behind your voice. Because I think, I think it's kind of the same way. And some of it, maybe cultural like upbringing and that sort of thing where you know you you don't Mm -hmm. ruffle feathers you you know you do what you're told kind of thing you just you know take what comes to you and then you're just like okay with it but I think the same thing I probably have found that um I I mean I still am probably somewhat hesitant but I feel like maybe I do have a little bit more of a voice where I will feel like, well, what else can we do? Like, maybe can we try this and at least ask? Like, I feel like I can ask now. Mm-hmm. A part of that is probably because I'm learning, like you said, from all these other wonderful people who are going through IVF and like, oh, they tried this. Maybe, maybe it's good for me. Maybe I can try it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's been nice. And I think, yeah. Too, so surprisingly, I had no idea there were so many people out there going through this and so many people who are sharing their experiences and um, so open mm-hmm. to like let you lean on them and so open for you to talk to them. It's like when I talk to you, when I talk to Annie, like 
it's just it feels like it's so crazy i think this is the good side of social media where you find people and you're like oh my gosh we're like i think we called each other like prp sisters or something like that like i think (laughs) i know we're We're like we were just right we're just going through prp together and I think, like, yes, and I did that too. Sisters. Where I, yes, where like I feel like I, I think I messaged both you and Annie, like a PR, like after the PRP. I know Annie and I were messaging like during PRP. Like she, she was like in the other room from me, and she was like yelling at me through the other room, <laughs> and uh, I was like yelling back. We were probably the noisiest people in that clinic. I, I feel really bad about it. Oh but like gosh. she was like, okay, bye. And I was like, bye. You know, like so it it probably wasn't the best way to that do it, but amazing. I mean, either way. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so incredible. I know. I um, I I think that's so. It's so cool. I. It's so funny because like I. I stand proud saying that we're PRP sisters. Like, like, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's funny because I'm usually not a social media person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate in that I had a really good friend also, um, uh, my friend Alyssa also, uh, had suffered mm-hmm. through infertility. And so she had actually kind of got me onto the social, uh, aspect the the social media aspect um uh and yeah it's just all of a sudden I'm on my phone way more than I was before because I'm just I constantly want to talk to all of you guys um (laughs) and so uh so I do find my I'm just super I'm just so engaged in just the relationships that I've built um, and I hold them so close to my heart and I'm just, I, I am the usage on my, on my phone now um, after like now that I found this community that totally gets it um, has been significantly increased. Yeah. yeah so no, for sure. <laughs> so, okay. So now, I mean, you've done your PRP number two. So What's next? What are you, I think you said cycle number four, right? Mm-hmm. Cycle number three, cycle number three for me. Um, oh, and sorry. so, yeah, so um, what's interesting, so today, um, what's interesting, and I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this, but um, so today I went in and um, uh I was supposed to start my injections tomorrow. So I usually start the patch um, about a week before my period. And um, today is day four. I went in, um, was going, was ready to start injections, but I did find out that my RE is going to be out during Mm. the time that I'll be having retrieval. And... I really would love for him to perform mm-hmm. the retrieval. So this is totally new, actually. Um, uh, you know, is it is it best to have him monitor 
me and have someone else perform mm-hmm. the retrieval or do I have someone else monitor me um, and have him perform the retrieval? Because he thought that it would be okay to stay on the patch for a little bit longer for an additional week um, to try to shift it so that I could have my retrieval with him mm-hmm. when he gets back a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's current my current dilemma. <laughs> Just yeah. like, yeah, uh, it didn't, I, I, I did not yeah. know he would be out of town. And so I'm kind of debating on that. I don't know if anyone else has run into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm currently trying to figure mm-hmm. that out. Um, but yeah, third round, um, I am also going to be, you know, because my second round did have a huge shift of eight blastocysts versus two created from my first, I am mm-hmm. going to continue with a co-culture. Um, and yeah, I'm curious. I think what really matters though, <laughs> is that PGTA test. Yeah. Um, because, uh, that is the quality and the viability of that egg is embryo, sorry, is what's really, really important. So, um, I could have a ton of, of embryos being sent, but that may not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just one of the eight came back, um, normal last time. So curious to see if PRP helps with quality. Uh-huh. Um, very, very curious to see if it helps mm-hmm. with quality. I know it's, it, it's supposed to help those with DOR. Um, in my case, uh, I, I don't have DOR, but, uh, yeah, very interested to see if the quality of my eggs improved, if they are the 26 year old eggs I had requested <laughs> when I went in for my second round of PRP, yeah. um, that would be amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that's my thing is too, I don't necessarily, although I guess it would be nice. Um, cause I do have DOR plus the quality issue. Mm-hmm. So you know, I guess in theory, if there is more, then hopefully mm-hmm. there's a chance to have a normal. Because I think in our age group, it's like, I think one in 20 or something like that. One in 10, mm-hmm. one in 20. I can't remember. When we were 40, I think it was one in 10. I think 41, 42 might yeah. be one in 20. I can't remember. Um, I so, don't remember. I, I want, yeah, I want to say it was like, potential, like, I thought it was like one in 10 blastocysts if it had made it to blast maybe one in 10. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, the numbers are so smushy in my mind anymore. Like now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just, I don't don't care. Just take a bunch out and get me a normal one. That's what I'm after. So like, I, I feel like for me, same thing. So hopefully, um, you'll be able to come back and give us, an update on how you did after PRP and then we can kind of also see. Yeah. I'll see how I did too after PRP, if it made a difference. Um, You know, it's a super small sample size, but it's still something. It's still numbers. It's still data. Yeah. It needs to start somewhere. So um, I would love to come back and, and, and hopefully have, hopefully have good news, but regardless, it'll be news, um, and some data point to help, to help everybody else out there. So yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fingers so, crossed. Okay. Where can people find you? Can they follow you on social? Like, yes. where, where, how can they follow your story? Yeah, sure. You can follow me. Um, my Instagram is uh, cute for fertility. And the number, it's the four is actually the number four. So it's uh, cute and then the number four fertility. Um, and yeah, I would love to chat with everyone. So, um, (laughs) um, uh, it's, it's my new thing. I'm actually, it'll, it's, 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 uh, it's, it brings me so much joy. Um, so, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, any questions or anyone that just wants to talk or anything, I would love to hear from you. Um, and I hope that, I hope in some small way, shape or form that, you know, um, that I could help the way that uh, Victoria here and um, Annie and Crystal and Elsa and a bunch Aww. of others had helped me. So, um, yeah. 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 Well, we're all here to help each other. Yes, absolutely. I've, yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, I talk about that strength and I think a huge part of it is, is the strength that this community has given me as well. Not just the, procedures and you know uh that i've been through but um just it's like the best hype group ever i don't i don't know i i this this the community is just um so supportive and just Mm -hmm. i just feel like with every you know people just understand like the highs, the lows, all of it. And they're just, mm-hmm. they're just, um, everyone's just so supportive. I just, I, I feel like I have a gigantic group of best new besties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just feel, yeah, definitely. I know people say, you know, worst club, best members. It's so, so true. So yeah, I would love to come back if you'll have me. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Of course. I would love to have you back. Thank you so much for like sharing your story and um, joining me today and being a resource for like so many people going through a similar um, process and like sharing the things that you feel like would be helpful because we all have different things that I feel like are helpful. And I think the more we talk about this, the less... Um, I think the less stigma is surrounds having to go through IVF because I think a lot of times I think that's why this has become such a thing on social media is because we feel like we're isolated in our little like pods going through this ourselves because mm-hmm. I think you and I talked about this before where you feel like you know we don't have like your friends not a lot of your friends will have these shared experiences where they know what it's like to have like to go through a retrieval or you know to have um, a failed cycle or whatever. So I think it's important to talk about these things and it's important to share stories so we don't feel like we're alone. So thank you so much for being such a big part of that. Ah, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Um, and thank you for being so patient and dealing with my nervousness. I've never done anything like this before. So thanks. <laughs> it's new for both of us. You're awesome. We're both learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, this is so, this is so great. So thank you.
I'm so glad you made it on today, and um, hopefully next time when we talk, we'll have some awesome news, but otherwise, I'll talk to you soon in like 10 minutes. But yes, thanks so yes. much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you want a question or topic covered in future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at 40 and infertile. Make sure you hit the subscribe button for alerts and new episodes, and I hope to see you back again soon. Bye.